Welcome everyone to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 45 for Wednesday, November 21st. Happy almost Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. It has been a decent chunk of time <laughs> since we've talked and recorded. This has become commonplace. <laughs> hey, we're on another podcast. It's been a while. It really... Every single time, it feels like. I, I swear at some point, we'll get back on top of it. We haven't done one in almost a month. Um, it, it's hard doing an, an international <laughs> podcast. It is hard. It's 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 so much harder. But we are here for our, what, is this our second podcast of the offseason, I believe? We did one since the World Series. Yeah, right after. <laughs> yeah, in World case you didn't series. hear the Red Sox on the World Series. So there's some, some breaking news there if you wanted to hear it. But, yeah, I mean, really the offseason has, has kept pace and uh, waited for us in a way because not much has happened. Uh, the free agents have certainly waited. There's a little bit of hot stove news to talk about. Uh, so we'll do all that. We'll recap the awards as well, you know, the MVPs and, and such. So that's what's on the slate for today. Uh, so not a super long podcast, just the two of us, of course, um, We'll try to get one with, with all four of us on soon as well. So, yeah, so this one will just be a, a nice and chill pre-Thanksgiving podcast. Let's start with uh, some of the the sad news to start. So, I mean, it's, it's like sad, happy news. So Adrian Beltre has officially announced his retirement, and of course that makes all of us sad. We want to see Beltre play more. He's still producing at a really high level, and of course he's just super fun to watch on the field and he's he's done now it's a good thing that he's capped off a 21 season MLB career the way he has and really cemented himself in the Hall of Fame in the last in the last few years he played some of his best baseball um you know in Texas of course but especially what the last four or five years have have almost been his peak it, it's david ortiz-esque the way he was able to finish production wise okay maybe not quite that good but um beltre hall of famer wish him the best do you have anything to, to share about beltre or just the rangers anything about that whole thing um adrian beltre was just he just has so much fun playing baseball it's it's an awesome thing to watch um, I remember when Beltre was on the Dodgers when I was very little. Um, it's fun. He'd always uh, throw it as hard as he could on around the horn to Guillermo Mota because <laughs> he liked screwing with him. And the bromance of Ellis Andrews and Adrian Beltre, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone. But it's vanished yeah, no, before just, our eyes. Such a joy to watch best moment of his career moving the on deck circle oh I, I think that's the highlight for sure i i mean some of my favorite ones were when he's he's been in rundowns in the base paths and then just starts running into the outfield um or uh i think it's it's him and andrews that that mimic the uh the infield pop-up like catching right behind the other guy of course nobody touched yeah. his head oh man I, I wonder if i wonder if people are going to try to touch his head when uh when he makes his Hall of Hall of Fame acceptance speech, that would be great. Elvis Andrews will. He'll be there. Hopefully, he'll be there. Um, so yeah, that's 
that's the first and probably most important thing that uh, that needed to be mentioned because he, you know, it's done. He's he's one of he was one of two players remaining from from the '90s to to play any major league games in the '90s. So realistically, it could be that could be it if Bartolo Colon doesn't find say, a place Cologne's to play. Colon's the only guy left. Yeah, if Colon doesn't find a place to play, which is you know extremely likely, then. That's it for the 90s. You can put that one in the books for good. Which is kind of... I mean, I say it's kind of crazy, but it's also 20... It's going to be the 2019 season. That's that's a good 20 years past the last year of the 90s. So, if Bartolo makes it, man, that's going to be, that's going to be impressive. I'm going to be happy about that one. If he somehow makes it to 2020 and gets himself into the next decade even... Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about that if we get there. But uh, come on, Bartolo, you can do it. Beltre looked like he he could have done it, considering how well he'd been playing. I mean, at that age, like he was getting battered by injuries and all that. You know, it would it would have been tough either way. So uh, let's move on from that. Let's talk about really okay. So really, the the only big news, hot stove wise, came a couple days ago, and. It was my team. We made a splash. We traded for James Paxton. I'm a Yankees fan, by the way. Yankees traded for James Paxton and in the return package gave up Justice Sheffield, one of their top pitching prospects, uh, and a couple other lower-level prospects in the deal. So good stuff all around. I couldn't couldn't be happier about it from a, from a biased perspective, but uh, I'll try to take an impartial stance on this for a moment. The Mariners, in general, with their, their, I guess, sort of uh, promise or aim to uh, to rebuild, knowing that you know they're they're not one of the stronger teams in their division. They need to retool. They need to to improve. Um, this is a step, but James Paxton is was probably one of the top pitchers on the trade market. You know, if not the top pitcher, it's really unclear who else is on the trade market. If guys like uh, Kluber or Granky are, are going to be traded or anything like that, but James Paxton is, you know, one of those guys. He's he's up there in that top top twenty starting pitcher tier for sure. So, um, I guess my my first question to you would be, what are the Mariners doing? But then also, like, I don't even know. I guess I, I could ask you what this does for the Yankees, but obviously it gives them a front-of-the-line starter. So that's an easier question. So I guess my question is, what are the Mariners doing? I really don't know because the Mariners, yes, they're they're. I mean, the Astros are head and shoulders above everybody in that division. The Mariners were basically another starting pitcher from – being a certainly a playoff team, and once you get into the playoffs, you know anything can happen from there. So I don't know what the strategy is of tearing it all down. They're not; they don't seem to be leaving anybody untouchable to build around, which is interesting. Uh, Sheffield and two lower tier prospects doesn't seem a lot for James Paxton, um, and. I mean, we have here, we'll, we'll mention it, their 
talking about trading Gene Segura and Mike Leake to the Padres for Will Myers in a basically even salary trade, which I don't understand. Um, Yeah, there's a lot more problems with that than just the fact that the marriage is selling. But go on. So I can understand trying to rebuild, basically punting on trying to catch the Astros uh, in the next year or two. But the way they seem to be going about it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, no, I mean this is uh this is Jerry Depoto. He's 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 trade crazy if you like, Yeah, that's if the only way to was here, he'd be ranting like crazy. Oh yeah. But there's there's no indication that it's gonna be a complete teardown. They're just I, I they're being realistic that like we're not gonna roll with this roster into the World Series, so let's Let's take a step back and do what's, what seems necessary to get to that point. And I don't know if this Paxton trade was necessarily it. I mean, it might be. Sheffield's, so. Sheffield's a major league ready prospect. You know? Like, he's he's there. Like, he can be really good. And James Paxton yeah, but is... If, if, you're trying even... to, if you're trying to say retool and not necessarily rebuild... I don't think trading your ace is the way to go about it. Well, now now I have to check how much team control they have left on James Paxton because otherwise, like, if if he's if he's under team control for like three more years, then that's that's going to be a tough one to. Uh, so Gene Segura has four more years of control. Well, Gene, okay, Gene Segura. That's a different story. Do you want to? Do we want to move on to that? Because we, uh, yeah, I mean, we James Paxton. That, that's more curious. James Paxton, of course, is a much more important piece for any team and he's going to you know a contender but there's really not a lot to talk about because of that the Yankees of course bolster themselves and they probably aren't even done they're probably going to get one more pitcher either from free agency or maybe trade for another pitcher even and then they still have money to throw around in free agency so you know there's there's still so much unanswered about what the Yankees are trying to do or what they're they're going to do but now the mariners are you know they're make they're accelerating the process here they're they're really the only ones making a lot of noise so let's talk about gene segura and uh in this potential myers trade so this is a trade that hasn't gone through but it is definitely this is a trade that apparently isn't necessarily close to being finalized it isn't close or it is close is not According to Ken Rosenthal, apparently it has been it is, seriously it has discussed. Been discussed. That is the extent of the talks. And I, from what it sounds like, players have like been notified about this potential deal. Oh, I mean, I guess they've they've had to because Mike Leake, who would also be in this trade, would have to waive his no trade clause should this happen. So maybe as that's well as Segura. Segura has a no trade clause also. Oh, yes. Well. Um, that makes more sense to Mike Leake having a no trade clause. It, you, that, you're telling me, <laughs> so um, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Even if there was no other hiccups in in contracts or anything, like Gene Segura is the best player in this trade, and Seattle's trading him and another player for Will Myers. One eye, one eyebrow is raised right now. I know you can't see this. This isn't a video podcast, but that is what my face is right now. So. I don't. I don't even know what. Are, what are the Mariners doing? That's that's going to be the uh, the question that I ask. And and, and also they meeting. traded um, 
Mike Zanino and Guillermo Heredia for Malik Smith. Oh, there you go. The I, I already forgot about that one. Jerry Depoto's already, you know, done enough since then to uh, to make me completely forget. Uh, so, yeah, the, the starting catcher for the last however many years is already gone. Um, and what they got Malik, – Malik Smith is a good player. Yeah. Uh, Mariners – he was on the Mariners for all of one hour last year. So uh, <laughs> he's already surpassed his uh, his tenure there. So I have no issue with them trading for Malik Smith because I think he is very valuable and – showed that he can be more than a speedster um in in uh tampa bay so you know good stuff there but mike zanino is one of the better catchers available on the market catcher is such a weak position and mike zanino you know of course we talk about former mariners all the time mike zanino could just go and hit 30 homers and hit you know 260 which would be what like 40 points higher than anything he's ever done so mm-hmm. i mean it, it's just as likely that that happens like the the Rays might have just stumbled into to one of the best acquisitions the offseason for a relatively cheap price. So, I mean, it was, it's a smart trade for both teams, I guess, but it definitely looks like it could bite the Mariners a lot more than it'll bite the Rays. So that seems to be the trend for a lot of these Mariners trades. You're like, mm, I can maybe see that, but also it's they're risky, man. Jerry DePoto is a risky man. Um, also, James Paxton is going to be a free agent in the 2021 season. So he's got two more years of team control. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was just something I wanted to throw out there from earlier. Um, I don't even know. So, first of all, I mean, this... Gene Segura is the best player in that trade, by far, and he's a yes. shortstop. And the Padres have a really dynamic middle infield prospect duo. So yes. I don't even know what they're thinking. Of course, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to unload Myers. I think Myers is signed to a to a long term deal, right? Five Myers years and Segura, million. I think, both have four years left. Yeah, they're they've both been extended. Um, so I mean, salary wise, it's similar. It, my head trying to wrap around all this is yeah. Uh, Can Fernando Tatis Jr. play third? Yeah, it sounds like that would be the solution if uh, this did happen. Because so, I th- I think the most high profile move of the soft season so far, the Padres have sold the rights of uh, Christian Villanueva to the Yomari Giants of Japan. The, the highest profile deal. The, the highest profile. Sure. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah, you, you can't not talk about it. it it's April 2018, a... <laughs> Rookie of the Month, Christian Villanueva is going to play is, in this Japan. This is the first season. time a a Rookie of the Month winner has, has been sold to a Japanese team following his uh, rookie campaign. That, I'm, not that might not even be true, but it just sounds like uh, something that doesn't really happen all that often. Players being sold to Japan doesn't happen all that often from Major League rosters, so... Jesus. Yeah, um, guys normally can't find a job and then sign with the team in Japan. Guys aren't just given to Japan. Yeah, yeah, Japan. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we're saying. Well, <laughs> we would take that, Japan. <laughs> you're, you're like our. Uh, I mean, they really are like our uh, quadruple A. That is what they are. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. But 
I don't know where Canadian football league. Is that a thing? Yes. The Canadian football league is a thing. Yes. American football, but in in Canada. Yes, with uh, different, slightly different rules. Huh. Well, how about the same game, but like different, you know, like, uh, like motion rules and stuff. Had no idea this existed. I'll I'll definitely look into that after. I think uh, Johnny Manziel's playing in it right now, or he what? tried to. He threw he threw four interceptions in his first game. My God. Okay. Well, this is this is interesting news beyond our sport of expertise. So, uh, all right then. We're on your sport of expertise. Well, yeah. Okay. I know. I'm a one trick pony. <laughs> you are a self. You are a self proclaimed not a football guy. I am a self proclaimed not a football guy. You're right. I'm not. Ash- I'm not ashamed. So, anyway, Mariners are doing weird stuff, to summarize. I know we were kind of droning on there. Yeah. And uh, Mike Leake has a no-trade clause. I learned that. <laughs> Let's talk about the awards. Really not too much controversy, for the most part. No. Um, just to recap, off the top of my head, Mike Trout finished second to Mookie Betts, and it was sort of a landslide. I think Mike Trout only got one first-place vote. That's the only curious part about that. Uh, I mean, it's reasonable. Yeah, one for first Mookie place vote. He got a fifth place vote from John Morosi. Yeah, I think uh, who? I think Jose Ramirez got one first place vote, and somebody else. JD. JD Martinez no. got a first place vote. Jose so, didn't. Jose, Jose Ramirez didn't get one. He didn't get Mookie one. Betts got twenty eight first place votes. JD Martinez got a first place vote. That's ridiculous, but you know the winner, as I guess, essentially correct. I still think Mike Trout should have won it, but it should have been. Closer. It should have been closer, but it it doesn't happen. Same thing happened with Judge and Altuve last year. I'm I'm used to it. So National League, Christian Yelich t- uh, takes that one home. And that one was also not particularly close. Um, he took all but one first place vote, which yeah. went to Jacob Degrom. Not, yeah, and Degrom finished biased. in outside the top three. He was like fifth in in the MVP voting, which is really shocking. I know oh, they voters didn't like pitchers, but but seriously, no, like was, that I, was. I looked at the voting breakdown, and a lot of guys like Degrom had like one first place vote. He had a handful of like second and third place votes, but then he like everything else was like down on the board or just off the ballot. So that's why. Okay, well, you have that. I mean, who finished second? Javier Baez and Nolan Arenado Baez, came in yeah. right behind there. So yeah, it's understandable. Uh, nothing really to complain about. Cy- the Cy Young Award, they got it right for DeGrom. And then in the American League, it was Blake, Blake Snell. Snell. There was not too much controversy there. Um, well, unless you're Kate Upton, but... Well, whatever. You know, it's the same old story. <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin Verlander had a, had a really good year. Blake Snell was better by pretty much every measure. Blake Snell had a like, fantastic year. That maybe like quantity of innings, that's the only... That was the only thing Verlander had to beat on. Yeah. How great is it that a, the team that basically introduced us to the extended use of the opener ha, has the Cy Young winner? Um, it, it, it is pretty great, actually. I think Blake Snell is their starter, right? Their only starter? So, At good, a good point, stuff. he was their only starter on the roster, yes. Did he, did he start 80 games for this team or something? Like, Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... You know, good stuff from Blake Snell. Um, and then the Rookie of the Years. Of course, you've got Acuna in the 
National League, and uh, I should in Shohei Otani. Like there's Shohei Otani. There's literally the only people who disagree with no Shohei Otani were Yankees fans who couldn't admit how great, how historic Shohei Otani's year was. Yeah, and, and you know even even real Yankees fans will will have enough uh, you know self-loathing to uh, to understand that Miguel Andujar is great, but it was not Shohei Otani. Like Shohei Otani did something that was pretty much unprecedented. So, you know, they got all those right, as far as I'm concerned. The one thing that I do want to talk about be, uh, before we stop here with the awards is the fact that for the Silver Slugger, J.D. Martinez won two of them at two positions. He won an outfield Silver Slugger and the DH Silver Slugger, which makes zero sense to me. I mean, of course, he did play both positions during the year, but why Why do you give him two awards? There's definitely more deserving outfielders, or if you decide that yes. he is an outfielder, there's definitely, like, Chris Davis could have won it, and nobody would have complained at all for the, the DH award. And also, I think there's some other designated, like, most outstanding designated hitter award that's, um, it's not done by the... The Baseball Writers Association, of course, but uh, Chris Davis won that award over JD Martinez. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> so that uh, it's just a bit of real head scratcher of an awards voting season. I mean, normally it's just infuriating, but this is just like what? What's happening? JD yeah. uh, has two silver sluggers from one year's worth of uh. Of work basically it was a hell of a season context jd martinez played in 150 games uh only 53 of those were in the outfield yeah well, 97 like, mitch hanniger could have won this award easily for as an mm-hmm. outfielder i'm trying to think of more right now it's, it's hard to do off the top of my head but he was one of the first ones that came to mind um who were the other two again trout uh trout and bets i would think yeah <laughs> i would hope so <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, so those, those are the... Ben you know, Attendee could have been a good ben option. Ben Attendee could have been. He really, he really did fall off the second half of the season, though. Yeah. Um, like, he really fell off. I, I did not know that. I think he hit, like, two home runs the second half. But... Wow. That's no, not really a knock on Ben Attendee. He's still, like, one of the best young players in baseball. But, yeah, there's... there's definitely a third outfielder. Well, I mean, in the American League. Do you want me to find it? We've we've got a moment. If it if it uh, helps for clarity, I can I can look up more uh, suitable candidates than uh, J D Martinez for such an award. Um, in the outfield, that is, well, I guess harder than I harder than I thought it'd be. I have to scroll down a little ways on the OPS leaderboards anyway. Um, yeah, so Mitch Hanniger was the next highest one that I said. I guess Nick Castellanos is also close there. Uh, I don't know, Stanton, if, if you can even count that. He played D, more DH than anything also. I guess AL Outfield was just weak enough to the point where the voters were like, ah, oh, we'll just give that one to JD also. You know, all the rest of them weren't that good. But, you know, like Michael Brantley, I guess, also could be there. Mm-hmm. Really is, it really was a thin outfield for the American League I guess compared to the National League but um yeah it's just kind of silly you you get, you can't give the guy two of the same award that just doesn't seem right yeah. um 
other than that, I don't think there was much controversy surrounding Gold Gloves or the Solar Sluggers, really. Was there? I think they got it right for no, the most part. No, not really. Um, Javi Baez didn't win the Gold Glove. Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's, oh, that pisses me off every single year. Um, he should have he should have multiple by now. I don't think he has any yet, does he? So, um, hopefully there is justice for Javier Baez in the future. Um, what else? Outfield, or uh, awards-wise, I guess, well, Matt Chapman won the Platinum Glove. That platinum is glove not over a Simmons. Uh, I mean, yeah, but Andrelton Simmons is still the best defender in the game. Fight me. Yes. Like, I, I've, I've watched both of them play a, a fair amount. Anderson Simmons is is in a tier of his own. Like Matt Chapman is close to there, and are, might be more athletic. I don't know, but um, I, I'd still take Simmons in a heartbeat any any day defensively. So yeah, that that was pretty much it. And then wait, National League too. I might as well just for for clarity's sake, who won the the Platinum Glove in the National League? Platinum. Um, is there two Platinum Gloves? I thought it was just one. Between both leagues? Oh, I, I yeah. thought I thought it was one in each league. Whoopsies. Um, I would imagine it'd be Arnado. <laughs> it could be. It, it seems like a the go to uh, candidate every year. So, yeah, let's go with that. Let's, let's let's screw facts. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with my my gut and what oh, I remember. Oh no, Arnado and Chapman. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Yeah, there's two. They they play at the same high school. That's that's El like Toro. one of the. Yeah, it's one of the most uh, SoCal fun facts that we can throw out there as baseball yeah. fans. So, yeah, so th- that's that's the awards. We, we recap that. I, I got the whole J.E. Martinez Silver Slugger thing off my chest. And uh, with that, I think we're going to end this podcast for today. Also, our awards predictions were way off. Oh, no, yeah, there's no – I thought – can we just not our talk about those, Our got DeGrom please? and Otani. Um. Oh, I guess he did. DeGrom was actually a good prediction. That one was a, was a little bit of a stretch there going into the year. So, well, his other bold prediction was four Mets starters would have 15 wins and that the Mets would miss the playoffs. Well, you know, sometimes you sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them. <laughs> uh, the rest of us definitely lost all of our awards predictions. We'll do we'll get them next year. That's yeah. that's my attitude. I'll stay I'll stay positive about it. So, yeah, that's going to do it for our podcast today, though. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you enjoyed, make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, all that, yada, yada. And uh, check out our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. That's where we got our podcast and anything else that we're making, articles, rankings, whatever. Check it out, beattheshiftbaseball.com. And connect on social media at beattheshiftbp. Twitter is the best place to do that, but also on Facebook and Instagram. So... That is it for today. Thank you, everybody, one last time. As always, Ray. Peace.